I'm Ashley. And I'm Alicia. And we are Murd Nerds. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week for another true crime story. Hold on. What if they're not listening in the morning? Well, that's their problem. We drop at midnight, and that's morning. Good evening or good night. You're welcome. I stand by what I said. (laughs) Alicia and I come together every week to talk about true crime with you guys. Hey, by the way, did we get 10 shares on that, that? I think it was the Sharon Gallegos episode? We checked. I didn't. We didn't. I checked. We didn't. <laughs> Thank God Stupid. I don't have to put a bunch of pennies so. in my Thank mouth. Yeah, no change in our mouth. No, yet. no, no, no. I'm still going to do it. <laughs> uh, we only got six shares, so it's too bad for everybody. They don't get to see it because I'm still going to do it. When? Are you doing it today? Maybe. And you're Maybe. putting how many in there? 57? I don't know. $57 sure. worth of <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um. Hi, Jeremy. What's up? How's it been? Today is not a good day. Yeah, the game. Yeah. Mm, sorry, and I have to hear about it now. <laughs> it ain't over. Okay. Well, you know what will make that better? We have wait. We have three timeouts. Twenty eighteen seconds, and Patrick fucking Mahomes. Boom! Watch out. What'll make it better? Stories about murder. <laughs> Our beautiful voices. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> what? I can't see him because his computer's there. He's so like... like <laughs> what make it better? Murder. <laughs> Murder. Um, so I went to Oktoberfest this weekend with a longtime friend of ours, uh, Jason. And Alicia never showed, so we decided to walk over to her house. Wait, hold on. Before we get into that, we had a fucking bomb-ass time at the Everclear concert. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. And Stone Temple Pilots, it was, which, like, I there I'm, meh, I have no feelings yeah, for like them. Yeah, like Radio Rock. Everclear, yeah, I was fucking drunk. I got my first ever, ever, I've been alive for 31 years, okay, in December, I, for the first time, was bought a drink by a man that wasn't my husband. Oh, naughty. So, shout out to Ryan (laughs) for buying me my very first drink that wasn't by my husband. He pretends like he listens, but I don't think he actually listens. I don't know. He he likes every... He does. That's what what I mean by pretends. Yeah, he's supportive. So, Mm -hmm. if he... I don't know. He said I had a nice voice. So, thanks, Ryan. (laughs) Anyway, so we walked over to her house after we left Oktoberfest because the band was having, like, technical difficulties. They were, like, hardly playing. Um, So anyway, we get there, and we're hanging out, drinking, and we end up watching how many MGK fucking music videos. And I hate MGK, like, so much. Why? Why? I just don't like him. I just don't like him. I've never. She's liked a hater. Him. I am a hater. Haters go hate. Play is gonna play. And it just, I just don't like him. There's the one torture. I don't like. <laughs> TLC or Destiny's Child? That's no, not, that's not Destiny's Child. Beyonce. Balls. They go ball. You said players gonna hate, hate, hate. Right? Oh. No, oh, Taylor Swift. That's T Swift. Yeah, everybody. No, knows. I can't stand Taylor, I hate Taylor Swift. Swift. Sorry, but that's what you and said. Listeners that listen to Taylor Swift, I and know I hate Ed Sheeran. Are, are, are you Morgan, in the middle of a call guys <laughs> episode right now, where your listeners are fueling the DeLorean of Team Tejas and the screams are like fucking dumbass? That's not Destiny's Child. <laughs> oh, by the way, that's me in my van on Friday morning while I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that was a weird noise. That was a weird noise. And apparently, I got kind of drunk at your house, which I didn't actually realize. Oh, Jeremy's not doing okay right now. Oh no, something's happening. He might have to take a break. (laughs) You can go cry in the other room. It's okay. We won't judge you. Okay, I'll continue. 
Uh, my case this week is not officially unsolved, but I'm pretty sure it's officially closed. Um, it was ruled an accident when it happened, but the family knew that this was incorrect. And a recent interest by a famous former officer is proving them to be right. Um, this week we are going to talk about Deborah Ann Wolf, or as she was better known, Debbie. On December 26, 1985, 28-year-old Debbie Wolf of Fayetteville, North Carolina, left her nursing job around 4 p.m. This would be the last time anyone would see young Debbie alive. Her body would be found in a pond on her property just a few short days later. With the initial coroner's report showing the cause of death to be, to be drowning, Police didn't seem to think there was any foul play involved, which led to poor evidence collection and handling. Though I believe this case was officially closed as an accidental drowning, in my opinion, this case remains unsolved to this day. I tried really hard to make this a little bit shorter than usual because I really want, there's a lot we could talk about at the end. Um, But here we are 12 pages later. So (laughs) You know what happens. Oh, uh, my sources this week are an article by Michael Futch for the Fayette. Yes, I said Futch, the Fayette Observer, <laughs> an article by William Kennedy for Grunge.com, the Unsolved Mysteries website and episode. I think that it came out in like the late 80s, early 90s. I don't know. It was from season three um, and a website. Oh, sorry. The website called drmaurisegoodwin.com, and we'll talk about that at the end. Okay. And, oh, and I also used findagrave.com. Duh. Our tried and true. Tried and true. Deborah Ann, or Debbie Wolf, was a loving 28-year-old nurse. She lived in a rural cabin just outside of Fayetteville, North Carolina, with her two dogs, Mason and Morgan. Hmm. Debbie was a dedicated nurse. Um, She even coordinated the volunteer schedule at her hospital. Um, Her mother, Virginia, said that uh, she thought helping people was just the best thing ever. Like, she just loved it. So she became a nurse to share her kindness full time. Uh, Debbie loved her job. She never missed work, which is why her coworkers and family were immediately worried when she did not show up for her 8 a.m. shift on December 27th, 1985. Debbie was also not answering her phone, and this just was not like her. So she had left the day before after her shift at the Fayetteville Veterans Administration Medical Center, which is the hospital she worked for, around 4 p.m. So the assumption was that she was heading home, like from the hospital, obviously. Her mother, Virginia, and her husband, John, along with a family friend, all drove to Debbie's property to see if they could find her or just figure out what was the going on. The first thing on. you're going to do is like show up. Right, right. Because I mean, it's just outside of town. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now this is just mid morning of the day she was a no call, no show. So like they were on it. They knew something was weird. Um, Debbie was a very meticulous person. Like everything has their place. She took really good care of her home and good care of her pets. So when they got to her cabin, they were immediately put off by what they saw. Her car was parked in just an unusual spot. And the driver's seat was pushed all the way back. Mm. They also found uh, just like random beer cans littered throughout her yard. Not only would Debbie have cleaned up that mess, but the beer was a brand that she didn't ever drink. Mm -hmm. So that was odd, too. Her dogs were outside and untethered, which is not an uncommon occurrence because she had all this land on her property. Um, But they had not been fed. Upon entering Debbie's home... Again, with her being such a tidy person, they almost made it seem like she was like OCD a little bit. Okay. Um, her mother immediately spotted little things that were just not in their usual place, not places that she would have put them anyway. Yeah, it's not quite right. Right. The kitchen had things thrown on the floor, including one of her work uniforms. Um, and this is the part that gets me is the fact that they found her purse Underneath her bed shoved like all the way to the back. Like her daily purse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The next step, they just decided to, well, I think it was more Virginia, just wanted to check her answering answering machine. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it had a clue as to where she had been or where she was. Which is smart to think of because I would have never thought like 
Right. Well, I think back in that day, we would have thought of that. But now we wouldn't because we don't have answering machines anymore. Yeah, but voicemail. Text messages. Hey, we can't. Ch- I don't think you can check someone's voicemail without their phone, can you? Like, yeah, but like if they had their phone on them, which everybody has their phone on them all the time. Would you be like, I want to check their phone? Well, they're still just getting to the house and trying to, and they haven't found her. Yeah, she's not yeah. there, so I don't. I know, but I'm saying our cell phone is an equivalent to like a home phone and an answering machine. Yeah. I don't know. Do you understand? Yeah. 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 Just go. Just go (laughs) ahead. Sorry, Um, I'm confusing you. No, it's all right. Um, Okay. So they did find a message on the messaging machine. It was a man's voice expressing concern for Debbie uh, for not showing up to work. But the thing that's really weird is that he talks about how that he's been worried about her recently because she's been missing a lot of work lately. And this just simply was not true. Um, He had left the message that morning, which would mean that she had actually only missed a few hours of work at the time that he called, Mm. not like multiple days. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't even um, like an actual coworker that had left the message. So we'll get more into it. Um, Virginia immediately contacted the Cumberland uh, County Sheriff's Department to make a record. She was told that... Debbie had to be missing for 72 hours before they would allow her to file a report. Which is bullshit. Right. And finally, after not three days, but five days, uh, which would put us at New Year's Eve, the police went out to Debbie's property to investigate. They searched the property with officers and dogs and found nothing. Virginia had asked them if they were going to put a boat out on the pond. Um, and it wasn't a huge pond. But you couldn't just, like, scan it from the surface. Mm-hmm. It was definitely big enough and deep enough that you would need to go into it. Um, it was still, like, a larger body of water that needed to be searched by police. They told her that they didn't know, but they would ma- let her know tomorrow. It's like, oh, hey, you're going to do your job? Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe if we feel <laughs> like it later. <clears throat> So in the Unsolved Mysteries episode, Captain Jack Watts of the Cumberland County Sheriff's Office said, and I quote, Of course, some of the individuals there that were family and friends that had been there a couple days prior had done some searching of their own. And I think it was mentioned that they had already looked in the pond and it was no use for us to look in the pond. So I don't think we did a dive of the pond or a complete search of the pond that day. No, we did not. Okay, but they're not fucking professionals. Right. Since when are people who are non-law enforcement qualified and or equipped to do a police-level search of a pond, prompting police to not search the pond at all? Laziness. Right. Laziness, for sure. 100%. Or just like, we don't want to spend time or money on that. Yeah. (laughs) It's not that important. They looked. In fact, it is important. Right. It's like almost a cop out too. Like they can blame the family. Like out. you said, oh puns. Um, like they're like, oh, you said you searched it, and you said you didn't find anything, so it's your fault. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Virginia, being the bad bitch that she is, said, "Okay, well, then can I hire my own dive team to search the pond?" And they said, "Certainly." So now this shows exactly how that they were just being lazy, like oh, yeah. letting outside people tamper with the investigation. You can get into big trouble for doing shit like that. But they were like, oh, sweet. Now we definitely don't have to do it. Yeah. You can have someone else do it. Woof. Right. So the next day, which would be New Year's Day, Virginia had two of her friends, Kevin and Gordon, who were familiar with rescue work. I think they were both um, Army veterans and were very familiar with like scuba and all that. Mm-hmm. So they, <clears throat> excuse me, they came out to search the pond. Uh, Gordon had been in the pond for less than two minutes when he found two sets of footprints and some drag marks next to the footprints. So, and I believe that they said that the pond was about five feet deep, like on average, so deeper in other places, shallower in others. So it's not impossible that there are footprints in the mud below the surface, like out kind of far, you know, not just along the shore. So I just wanted to elaborate on that because it sounds a little far-fetched, like that there would be like walking marks on the bottom of, in the middle of a pond. Yeah. But it's because it, it just wasn't that deep. Yeah. 
Gordon was swimming about six inches from the bottom of the pond, following the footprints and drag marks. When he ran into something, like his, like physically, his face ran into something, and it caused his mask to fill with water. So he immediately came up to the surface to empty his mask. But did he see what he thought he saw? So he emptied his mask, got resituated, and went back under carefully so as to not disturb anything. And he did, in fact, see a body. It was about 30 feet from the water's edge and about five and a half feet down. But he could only see, like, the bottom half of the body, like, like from your pant line to your feet, basically. Um, because it was upside down in a rusty 55-gallon, like, burn barrel. You know, like, Brittany has out by her house. Yes. So they immediately contacted police um, who came out to recover the body from the pond. And it was, in fact, Debbie. She was identified by, I believe, her mother and her father-in-law. Or her father-in-law. Her mother and her stepfather. Um, She was transported to the hospital to await the coroner. So once Debbie was taken off the property, Virginia overheard the police talking about the 55-gallon drum that was still in the pond. Just discussing, like how to bring it out or how to mark or label it, etc. She really didn't think much of it. You know, they need to talk to each other to plan things out. Uh, but about 10 minutes later, the police left, and they left without that barrel. Virginia was told that they would get it the following morning. Police came back to retrieve the barrel the next morning, so now we're at January 2nd, and the barrel was gone. Captain, <laughs> yeah, Captain Watts said that he and other investigators believed that these divers were simply mistaken, that they did not actually see a barrel, that it was just Debbie's field jacket that she was wearing that had ballooned up under the water. So a field jacket, I don't know if you guys would know what it is because mm-hmm. I didn't. Yeah, I had to look it up. So a field jacket is a jacket designed similar to a military jacket. It's kind of canvassy with like a shit ton of pockets, you know? Oh, okay. You know that? Can you picture it? Mm-hmm. So... Gordon specifically remembers, without a single doubt, a rusty 55-gallon barrel with holes all over it. Um, And a 55-gallon barrel is what, like three and a half, four feet tall, you'd say? Um, I'm not not buying that. One of those jackets is going to be, you know, just a normal-sized jacket. It's not going to get bigger in the water just because it's ballooned up. It's not going to grow in length and be the length of a fucking barrel. And hard enough to knock off his goggles. Right. I never even thought about that because, yeah, he... mm. Even if he bumped into her, I don't think that would be... Enough to pull his goggles off of his face Well, it wouldn't be... She wouldn't be... She would be in the water, so she would move with the water. Like, if he bumped into her... Right, he would run into the jacket and almost put, like, push into the jacket. Exactly. Because, yeah, if he was six inches from the floor... Exactly. And then the the barrel would be, like statuesque inside the the, the mm-hmm. water. It wouldn't and it was move. almost at an angle, too. Yeah. That's crazy. I never even thought about that. Good point. Um, so Captain Watts also claimed that his divers never saw or touched a barrel when they brought Debbie out. So, which seems weird. I'm sorry, then why'd you come back for a barrel that no one saw? Why'd you come back the right? next day? That doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. sense. And why did Virginia hear the cops talking about how to get it out and tag it? Mm-hmm. So there are a few different accounts from different sources talking about like when Debbie's body was recovered in relation to the barrel. A few articles said that the police didn't come to retrieve her body until the day after the divers found her. Um, which, again, so they're saying they, if, if this were the case, that when they lowered the water level of the pond... They found Debbie and she was not in a barrel. And then the other account would be they pulled out Debbie's body first and then came back and lowered the pond and there was no barrel. So I'm not sure which one is actually true. But in any case, the barrel was there and now it's not. Mm -hmm. And nobody took crime scene photos. Right. Underwater. I mean, I I have no. Or I mean, even after they they dragged it and her out of the pond. Right. Like when they drag a car out of a body mm-hmm. of water, they take photos of it and, you know, yeah. it's covered in seaweed and I shit just, like that. Yeah, I decided to just go Delicious. along with what words come out of Debbie's mom, Virginia's mouth, which is that they had taken the body and then had come back to get the barrel and then the barrel was gone. So, 
Um, Virginia said that Debbie had a 55-gallon burn barrel on her property that her family used instead for wood storage and target practice. So Virginia ventured out over to where the target barrel usually is on the property, and it was, in fact, gone. Mm. Um, But she could still see the, like, indentation in the ground of where it had sat for so many years. Again, target practice, holes. Yeah, which makes that guy sense. that guy distinctively said that it was rusty and there were holes all over it. Um, <clears throat> the autopsy was performed by Dr. William Oliver on January second, and it determined that there were no drugs or alcohol in Debbie's system. Um, but there also weren't any obvious signs of foul play. The coroner also could not determine the time of death. So the end result, the coroner determined the cause of death to be drowning, but the manner of death to be unknown. Um, the police theorized that she was probably out playing with her dogs and fell into the pond. They also proposed that she may have suffered from immersion syndrome, which is like super sciencey. So I'm just going to read you the what it exactly means. <laughs> All right. Immersion syndrome, also referred to as immersion foot or trench foot, is a non-freezing peripheral cold injury caused by prolonged or repetitive exposure to damp cold temperatures. The extremity will first become cold, numb, pale, and clammy, and then this is also followed by blistering and progresses from there. Okay, and then how does that correlate to her? To the way her body was? Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk. So the accidental drowning determined by the coroner didn't sit right with Kevin. He was the other diver who helped search the pond, and he was also the friend that found Debbie's purse shoved underneath her bed like the fir- that first day. Mm-hmm. He said that cold water drownings typically cause the victim to look distressed post-mortem. The eyes and the mouth would be open, the hands spread out, basically looked like you, had, like you were fighting against the water for your life. Yeah. Naturally. Um, But Debbie did not show any signs of drowning. She looked as if she was asleep. Her eyes and mouth were closed and her whole body looked relaxed. Um, He also said that she spent or sorry. He also said that he spent about 20 minutes in the pond and it took him three days to get rid of all the dirt and sand. Him and Gordon both out of their suits like they Mm -hmm. had to like keep continuously wash them. But Debbie's body like looked very clean even the clothes appeared very clean yeah like she hadn't been moving around or or getting soot you know yeah like stirring the water exactly yeah yeah um even though police were firm that this was an accidental drowning they agreed to question a few people of interest at the family's request how nice of them (laughs) with no intention obviously because they they knew quote what had happened you know they had already made their decision oh for sure So there was a male volunteer at the hospital who had been giving Debbie some trouble. He was persistently harassing her, I think trying to get her to kind of like to go out with him. Mm -hmm. Um, This guy had a history of mental illness and he had gotten a hold of her phone number and also had been calling her at home. The police, aware of this, interviewed this unnamed man. He did provide an alibi, but he refused to take a polygraph. Police released him, and a few days later, he left the state. Oh, mm-hmm. what is, is this? The same guy that uh, left the voicemail? Yeah, I believe I believe it to be that the same to person? be the same person. I do think I touch on that later, but like I said, okay. I wrote so much on this that I might not have mentioned that again. But I do believe that was the guy that okay. that left the voicemail, or they're assuming it. It is right. Um, <clears throat> They assume a lot of shit, apparently. Yeah, no yeah there's a lot of assumptions. Mm-hmm. So there was another man volunteering at the hospital that had been asking Debbie out. Uh, many of the co- of many of her co-workers knew of this and also knew that she had told him she was not interested, that she was dating somebody outside of the hospital. Mm. Police also spoke with this man, but said that there was nothing that they could use in a criminal prosecution against either of the men. So... Nothing they can use or they didn't find anything suspicious. No, the, the exact words that I saw in this article was nothing that they could use in a criminal prosecution, which is what the cops said. Or was it? It was a, not a redundant question. It was a question. I, a rhetorical? Rhetorical question. Oh, yes. sorry. It's okay. <laughs> so some months after Debbie's body was recovered, the coroner's office sent... Virginia, the clothes that Debbie was wearing when she was found. 
she inspected them very closely and became very confused when she did. Why is that, Ashley? (laughs) I'll tell you, Alicia. The pants that Debbie was wearing were the wrong size. They were way too long for Debbie. Debbie was like, I think, 5'3". Oh. So they were super long and they were unzipped, which this seems like an odd detail to mention, but I think they cut clothes off of victims. Yeah. So the pants being unzipped is of note because they they wouldn't have been unzipped and taken off of her like we take, you know, put on and take off pants every day. Mm -hmm. It would have been cut off. So yeah, they were unzipped, which is odd. Virginia thought that the field jacket was one Debbie did own that she had gotten from her brother. But when she looked at it, it was a completely different jacket. It was a newer regulation army field jacket, but there were no labels or markings to clue in as to who it was. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, maybe she shopped at Goodwill. It could be. It maybe could be. she put on maybe she put on pants that Maybe she was doing something like she's going to get dirty in, so she didn't want to put on like her best pants. So she put on these shitty ones that were too long. She didn't like to wear. And hard to walk in and then tripped and fell into the pond. I'm 5'5", I'm <laughs> five five and my shorts are literally like, or my shorts, my legs are like one third of my body. Like I'm very, I have very, very short legs. All pants are long on me. Mm-hmm. And I would, at the time of middle school, would wear pants that were extremely long to the point where they would... The backs of them. Oh yeah, me too. Because I, I was head short. Out. Yeah, yeah. So you wouldn't roll them up, so you didn't walk on them. No, nope. that didn't look cool. You had to keep them normal. Well, nope. depends on what year you went to school. I mean, right, I right. Back in the day when that was the cool thing. Peg- to do. I say Pegging that now. I say that now. But these leggings I'm wearing are so long. Mine are, are so long, long and too. I've rolled my leggings up. I rolled mine up too. <laughs> we have the same leggings on. Mine are just tie dye, and hers are black. So listen. The point is, is now you guys are not cool. Is that what I'm, is that what you're yeah. saying? No, because it's, you're rolled no, up your we, pant leg. We make the cool. Oh, okay. we make the cool. <laughs> you're starting a new. You're starting a retro trend. Yep. I'm just a 30 year old woman <laughs> just trying to make it in this world, trying to be cool. I wanna show my ankles to everybody around. My name is Greta, and I wear a bonnet. Show me your ankles. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lord. All right, back to... Uh, okay. Yeah, there's more. There's more crazy stuff about her clothes. This is what happens when you spend too much time with Team Teos. That's <laughs> true. Um, okay. Logan. <laughs> the... <laughs> Sorry. <Suck it. laughs> Are we good? <laughs> Are you guys done? Can I talk now? Are you now? guys fucking done yet? Is this my yet? story? <laughs> <laughs> okay, the the bra that she's wearing or was wearing was three cup sizes larger than the bra that than the size that she actually wore, and then the part that goes around your back, like the band. Yes. I, don't, I don't know what it's called. The band. The band. Yeah. Um, it was two sizes larger than what she usually would have worn. I call that my nemesis. <laughs> the band. Oh my God. <laughs> the thing is, is do any of us wear the correct bra size? You know what? I've got some B's and I have some D's. I'm going to be honest with you. But, see, now this is... (laughs) One's a B, one's a D. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They're interchangeable, too. It's on the daily. Sometimes it's left, sometimes it's right. Really? Yep. It depends on what side you sleep on. They just jump back and forth. Yeah. (laughs) I'm envisioning the uh, poppets. The the pop. (laughs) Oh, my God. Kids toys. (laughs) But it's just two of them and you decide. Pop them in. One's in and one's out. An inverted oh. boob and an outverted boob. But see, boob. this is all coming from her mom, which and she was younger and she was very close with her family. So it would just be like, you know, you or Jody saying, you know, Ashley would never wear those pants. Those are not her pants. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. People would, I would trust I that you guys would be well. able to do that. Yeah. So th- we're going kind of on that and on top of all the other discrepancies and bullshit in the case, you know. Yeah, for sure. This just adds to it. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I know, I know. Things. I'm just playing the devil. I'm just playing the advocate. <laughs> I'm just reading. <laughs> I'm just reading my story. Um, she was also wearing a black Pittsburgh Steelers t-shirt that no one knew. Um, that like, no one would wear a Steelers shirt. <laughs> right. It's like, that should just go straight in the trash. No, um, no one had seen it before. No, well, it no one had that's seen weird. Debbie wearing it. Her boyfriend had never seen it. Because, like, that's what you think. Oh, maybe it was her boyfriend's. Like, he stayed over and left He it wasn't or... a Steelers fan. 
No, he wasn't. He probably, had never seen it before. He was probably a cult fan. <laughs> oh. Well, they're North Carolina. So, so I don't the know. North Carolina Panthers. 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 Is it Panthers? Carolina Panthers. Good job. How did you know that? You like said it I said it in did. my head, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> um Okay, anyway. Anyway. She wore a size long night, guys. <laughs> Seriously. This is just the first one of four, so Oof. <laughs> this is number two of five for Jay and I. Oh god. Um, she wore a woman's size seven shoe, but the shoes that she was wearing were a men's size six, which roughly translates to about an eight, eight and a half in women's. So So, she's wearing like some man's clothes. Right. That's what it seems like. Just a bunch of men's clothes. Um, also the shoes had no mud or anything on them and she had reached out. She was wearing a bra. So that's not a man's thing. Well, I don't know. There's some weirdos out there. No offense. No, I'm not here to king shame. (laughs) Yeah, you (laughs) you sure? Some men wear bras. Some men should wear bras. (laughs) Some men do wear bras. I'm not going to comment on this conversation. (laughs) Um, Let me find my spot. There were no mud. There was no mud on her shoes. Right. There was no mud on her shoes. And Virginia reached out to the New York State Bureau of Investigations just to ask them, you know, were these clean? Why New York? I meant North Carolina. I Did like, I say New what? York? Yeah. I, was I like, meant North New Carolina. York. <laughs> Sorry. Nina is a. in New York right now. So I've had New York on the mind all weekend. Yeah. <laughs> New York state of mind, baby. Okay. She reached out to the North Carolina State Bureau of there Investigations, and they told her that the shoes were not cleaned, that they were in the state that they had been delivered to them in. Which was North Carolina. In North... Oh, my God. I'm going <laughs> to fucking kill you. I'm you. on one today. Seriously, we're never going to get out of here. Um, without... <laughs> Eventually, you'll have to leave. <laughs> Uh, without all the other odd things about her clothes, like I could dismiss the shoe thing like we talked about. Like I can wear like a seven and a half, eight, and I can wear like a men's six. It fluctuates from brand and all kinds of stuff. Plus the cops say that they did find photos taken of Debbie where she was wearing the shoes that she was found in like prior. So Maybe she likes to wear a lot of socks at one time. Well... <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you gotta get. Guy. Sometimes you just need that extra support, so you get a bigger shoe so you can wear some extra socks. Exactly. I, I get it. I totally understand it. Like a really big, big furry socks. And maybe you know it gets colder in in North Carolina, and you know in January, maybe she was just trying to keep her feet. I warm. get a bigger boot. A win- <laughs> <laughs> I get a bigger winter boot. Listen, no, I get a bigger winter boot than what I actually wear because I like to wear big. Fluffy socks yeah. with my winter boots to keep my feet warm. Yeah, exactly. I have poor circulation in my feet. Am I Without- wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Without poor Ashley, photographs, trying to be so professional, <laughs> and we just keep messing with her. You won't let me talk. <laughs> I can't tell. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. It's so hot. (laughs) Okay. So the cops said that they had photographs. They had found photographs of her with these specific shoes on before the drowning. Mm -hmm. Um, But photographs, I mean, this is 19, what did I say? 1987? Six? Let's see. Cha cha All the way back up to the top. 1985. 1985. So I don't think photographs were very high resolution back then. So it's like they found a picture with like two white blobs on her feet. And they're like, oh, those are the ones. They're white. Yeah, you know? that's true. Like you're not going to have that resolution we have today where we can be like, those are Nike Air Max 275s from 2021. You For know? real. For real. So, I don't know. And it's just going to get better from here, guys. Right. Once we think we're at the top. We're going to be able to see, like, the cells that make up the shoes in pictures soon. The shoe cells. Shoe cells. By the seashore? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The shoe cells shells by the seashore. Um, So, 
again, Virginia knew something wasn't right. This just kept looking less and less um, what like what the cops were theorizing. She knew that her daughter had been intentionally killed by someone. Oh, for sure. She theorized that someone kidnapped her daughter and then held her for several several days before killing her and putting her into the pond. She also believes that someone probably went back to the pond to get rid of the barrel so that there would be no evidence of foul play for the police to find. Virginia died in 2002, never knowing what happened to her daughter, Debbie. So do you suppose that, um, okay, so how many days was she missing Um, in all? Until she was found, I believe, six, from the time she went missing to the time they found her in the pond. So if you're going to put a body into the pond, you're thinking that it's just pretty much going to be... It's going to stay in there, basically. You're not going to find it. But like on her property... You've got to think someone's going to find that, you know? I would think so. I, I would think that it would uh, be pretty relevant to go look in that pond. Right. And that would be, you know, and if 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 you if I really churn my brain and, and it killed somebody, I'm not going to place them on my property or on the property that they live on. Right, right. I think it's the most obvious place they're going to look. Let's put them there. Right. And it leads cops to believe that it could be an accident her falling in on her own property you know i wonder if that barrel was flipped upside down originally and over time the waves and the water flipped it oh you Since think she said it was kind of cattywampus maybe like it was open side open down. down with her body inside so that it wouldn't eventually float to the top when all the right. decomposition gases you know right push yeah. it to the top but just movement in the water. Maybe there was a storm or something that kind of churned it up and got that. That could be. But I do know, I mean, it was, sorry, it was December, January. So there was like some ice on the pond. It was pretty, I think it was pretty in calm. North Carolina? Yeah. It still gets cold there. Hmm. That's why she It's not sucks. South Carolina, for God's sakes. <laughs> it's the North one. <laughs> Jesus. My, my point is. Divers find a body. They call the cops. They take the body out. We're going to get the barrel out the next day. Now, we're talking 1985. You know, we're not talking about, you know, the internet and information zooming out into the world. How did somebody come back and get that barrel overnight knowing that they found the body? the body that they placed in the barrel at the bottom of the pond to come back and get the barrel to take it from evidence. Right. I have got something about that in here. Yeah, too. Somebody okay. had insider information. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, okay. So Virginia died 2002. She never knew what happened to Debbie, but there is a man and this man's name is Dr. Maurice Godwin. Have you ever heard of him? No. So he is a former North Carolina police officer. He's also an author, a lecturer, and a criminal investigative psychologist. He's a doctor? Yes. He's got his doctorate in psychology? Yes. Yes. He's worked and studied all over the country, including receiving a master's degree at Indiana State University. Woo-woo, represent. Hey. Um, And he got his doctorate in investigative psychology from the University of Liverpool in England. So even across the pond. Um, he is like real life criminal minds over here. Okay. Um, he accurately profiled the Washington DC sniper case and many more. He's been interviewed on a ton of shows, Fox news, Geraldo, et cetera, you know, all the like usual ones from, mm-hmm. you know, the early late nineties. Um, he is even consulting right now on the Maura Murray case for God's sake. Oh like, shit. Yeah. Like he's top notch. Um, and we'll put a link to his page in the show notes. He's got um, a link to the voicemail recording that you can listen to on oh, his cool. website. Um, anyway, I spoke with him via email Nuh-uh. about Debbie's case. Yes, I sure did. He was very nice. Um, brief, but very nice. Um, he's doing his own private investigation on this case. Um, it is his professional opinion that all of the evidence found in Debbie's home on her person and on her property points to foul play and it should have quickly prompted a homicide investigation um yeah because when the manner of death can't be determined and you have to use evidence outside of the autopsy like to, to point you in the right direction right and yeah. all of the evidence outside of the autopsy said foul play yeah for sure 
Um, when going over the case files, um, he of this case, he found evidence to indicate that there might have been some semen present on her body. Mm. Um, he just has to get the police to find it. The way he wrote um, his page, it seemed like that it had been lost, basically. Like I the mean, sample had been lost. So oh I was I was surprised. Well, I was surprised the sample was even taken. But that would have been the medical examiner not, the, during the autopsy. Right. Not the actual police on site. So that made more sense. Yeah. In any case, it is, quote, lost. Um, Weird how they just fucking lose as evidence. How? All the I don't time. understand how. That makes no sense. Where did they, and I don't mean to, and this is not a, to get rude, but where did they, any idea where they found it? Inside of her. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, I'm thinking in the pond, getting washed off, I wouldn't think that they would. No, find it's it probably. In- it was, yes, it was found inside of her. Yeah. yeah. Um, here's a, I'm just going to list a few other like interesting things that I found on his page, and which is actually current of as of 2017. Mm-hmm. I, I know that he juggles a few cases, so I just, I don't know, you know, how often he updates everything. Um, the Cumberland County Sheriff's Deputy Don Smith admitted that he saw a barrel that day. Shit. Yes. There wasn't much context um, when the, uh, Dr. Godwin mes- like mentioned this. Um, I don't know if he was one of the divers and specifically said that he saw it under the water or if he was just saying like, hey, I saw a barrel on the property. But in any case, it's pretty significant. Um, a family friend had gone to feed Debbie's dogs, uh, I'm assuming after the fact, and had found a stoppy, <laughs> had found a stocking cap at like the other side of the pond. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like December and January, and Virginia said that there was a thin film of ice on the pond, so the hat wouldn't have been able to like just float across to the other side. Yeah. So it was just kind of another piece of evidence that the cops just like didn't fucking find or Mm -hmm. didn't see you know or just shrugged off right and left there because the friend ended up ended up finding it did it have a label on the uh hat at all did they i'm not sure i don't know how much he's releasing as far as specifics this is just stuff that he mentioned maybe had like little trees on it or something (gasps) what sorry (laughs) (laughs) yeah alicia's wearing a hat with trees on it it wasn't black it wasn't a black hat was it it was a black cat. <laughs> okay. Um, the scrubs found in the kitchen, which the narrative was that th- those were the clothes that she had worn to work that day. And then she had changed into what she was actually found in. Um, but a coworker remembers specifically that Debbie had spilled coffee on her sleeve that day. And so there would have been a stain. And she also remembered specifically that she was wearing long sleeves. And the shirt that was found in the kitchen was a short sleeve shirt. Mm. So basically what they're saying is that the clothes that she left in for from work in that evening have never been recovered. Interesting. Right. Especially with her, like, potentially having OCD. She's not just going to leave clothes. Right. Forever. Exactly. Like, sprawled out on the, the kitchen floor, too. Especially not that day. Yeah. Like, those, if those, that was short sleeved, it wouldn't have been, that was it would have been from a different day yeah Yeah. unless it was like oh she was changing in the morning for her 8 a.m shift that she never showed up to but again that would indicate foul play yeah for sure so um the autopsy report uh, dr godwin went through and he said that it showed multiple abrasions on several of debbie's fingers this could definitely be an argument of self-defense. Mm-hmm. So, and there was only a half a teaspoon of water in her upper bronchial area. So, yeah. So, no, if she drowned, she, I mean, her she lungs was full, would be full of water. So that, that could have gotten in post-mortem. Right. And, um... So white foam or froth around in and around the mouth or the airways is a good indicator that a person was alive when they went into water. Yes. It's a very typical finding of, of a drowning. There was no foam or froth in or around her mouth or airways either. So it's like what are the ground what grounds did the medical examiner rule it a drowning? Like what gave she him was that found indication? in water? Exactly. <laughs> so it's like did he even use any evidence like at all? Yeah. Woof. Right. So many questions. 
So basically, that's kind of where I stopped. I have a lot more talking. Oh, no, no, I have a lot more to go. Okay. But I have two questions I want to like kind of discuss right now is there was empty beer cans all over the property. Like, do they have DNA? Yeah. Are one of those beer cans still present in the evidence like somewhere, you know? Which that would be kind of probably cool. not because they won't fucking keep track of evidence. Right, and... right. Um, and like no one ever talks about her, especially the police, her car being parked in a super weird spot, and her seat being pushed all the way mm-hmm. to the back. Why did no one talk? Her being five three. Right. That's fucking weird. I never push my seat all the way to the back unless I eat in my car, because then I do. <laughs> Jeremy's flat. <laughs> So her stomach can get bigger. It's so I can have my food in front of me. I, I sit really close to the steering wheel and like with a super straight back because I'm an old woman. Okay. <laughs> it's like, question, <laughs> you answer my question. <laughs> yeah. Um. So another thing is the family went out the morning after she was last seen. And if she had fallen into the pond, wouldn't she have been visible to them? Yeah. You can fall into... Like, she would have had to be near the edge and then, like, floated over to the middle. Like, I just am very confused as to how she was not seen if that was the case. You don't fall into the middle of a pond. Well, and it seems like... She's 30 feet out. She, I mean, I don't know her history with swimming, but I feel like you can't... (laughs) Unless she, like, hit her head, which the autopsy showed no signs of, you know, any... Head trauma? Yeah. As far as we know, anyway. It's very unlikely somebody is going to drown in a pond on their own property as an adult. Right. Like somewhere you're familiar with, you know where to step, you know where it gets slick, you know, you know, you know where the random rocks are, the big rocks around the pond. Yeah. Well, and just like, like I can't swim, but I could keep myself above water. Yeah. And well, and especially being five feet deep, five and a half feet, she could almost touch yeah you know so it just it's just very very iffy um something's a little fucky around here right so also the diver that found her saw two sets of footprints and then drag marks which would indicate that there were two individuals moving the barrel into the pond Mm -hmm. so the barrel itself would be like 60 pounds and then you add you know however much she weighed to the barrel you're looking at like 180 to 200 pounds dragging you know one person that would be really tough plus there's two sets of footprints Mm -hmm. so you're potentially looking for two people all of this evidence is just ignored yeah completely ignored what the cops did they not see that was like i just don't understand that was never even brought up by the police. Because it's easier to believe the 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 most likable thing. Like, right. It's scary it to think somebody two... killed an innocent woman. Right. It could have been those two dudes together, the two weird volunteers from the hospital. Mm-hmm. So if Debbie's mom's right about the barrel, um, and I can't see how she wouldn't be, if it was there and then it was gone, this is kind of what you guys started talking about earlier, It would have to be someone in the family or very close to the family or a cop or someone very close to the police. Now, if you really think about it, she worked at a hospital. She's coordinating volunteers. Who volunteers at hospitals? Maybe firefighters and EMTs? Who are they super close friends with usually? Police officers, maybe? It's not that far-fetched to think that these volunteers asked for help from the police to cover this up. Um, I also read a rumor, can't speak to the validity of it because it was just like in the comments. Yeah. Um, but that Debbie had an ex on the police force and apparently he did not like her very much. They had some ill will there. So, but again, that was literally just some guy in the comments saying that. So, well, and she lives in the woods, correct? Yeah. I mean, yeah. How unlikely outside of town? How unlikely would it be that somebody was waiting and watching as the investigation was going on because a lot of times the the killers will go back to the scene of the crime right right and once they saw them leaving and leaving that that barrel behind they came and snatched it up it could be someone again like who had access to dispatch or to the radio frequencies you know 
Which is open to the public for the most part. Well, a lot yeah. of times are open lines. You're not wrong, but interesting. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much all that I have that I wanted to talk about. <sighs> yeah. Anything? Anything you guys wacky. want to touch on? I know. Super wacky. No, nothing. Re- nothing really, because I don't know that there's enough information there to try to. Make a synopsis of who would be close enough to the right. I mean, they just did no investigation, so there's yeah. just nothing to go on. I mean, obviously, I think that it's not like her immediate family, her mom and her, her right. stepdad. I mean, she didn't drown. I was kind of suspicious <laughs> of the guy that found her purse because he her also friend, yeah. was there with. He was one of the divers searching too, but I just think that he's a a professional. You know, an army veteran who Virginia trusts, who she knows would do things the proper way and know where to look. He's an and- army. Wait, 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 wait. Back that, back that thing up. He's an army veteran. Everybody was an army veteran in the 80s. And she was wearing an army vest. Yeah. I, I don't know. I was suspicious of him at first, but I, I just, I think. A, I thought she was wearing a Steelers shirt. It was a field vest over top the Steelers yeah, shirt, but it was an army. A, and it was a newer army a field newer, jacket. She was actually wearing it because I thought that they were just, they were trying to use that as the. She was wearing okay, a field okay. jacket. Yes. Yeah. But it wasn't the one that she normally would wear. It yeah. Was it wasn't the one that she owned. It was army some, one given in the army. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Lots of speculation. When no one's, uh... and it's it's annoying too because we wouldn't be speculating if the fucking cops would have just done their fucking jobs <laughs> and did some uh, investigation. When no one's a suspect, everybody's a suspect. Exactly. There's nothing to go on, so everybody looks guilty. Yep. It sucks. It's super annoying. <laughs> we always pick these cases where it's everybody is part of it. Mm-hmm. Everybody's guilty. There's nobody that's innocent. Everybody's mm-hmm. guilty until proven innocent. Pretty much. In our eyes. Here at Murd Nerds, that's how we roll. <laughs> um, so if you have any information on Debbie's murder, I'm going to go ahead and say contact Dr. Maurice Godwin. Um, we are linking his website uh, where you can find all of his contact information. We'll link all that in the show notes. So... Um, you can contact him there, and you can also go on and read his uh, synopsis and the stuff that he's found, because um, there is more than what I mentioned here um, on his website. So yeah, definitely go on there and give that a check out. You can also, like I said earlier, listen to the the voicemail that was on her mm-hmm. answering machine that that morning. So, yep, that's it. That's this whole story. It's all I know. It's all I got. Before we wrap things up, we would like to give a quick shout out to the other podcasts in the Golden Mojo Network of Podcasts, Golden Image Podcast, The Call Guys, The United States of Paranormal, and the Indiana Chiefs Fans Podcast. Woo-woo. Oh yeah, but she's crying. <laughs> What's the date today? So they're not confused. What's the date? Is it the twenty September twenty fifth? It's the twenty fifth. So it's it is a Sunday and the Chiefs did lose today, so he's sad. About to, the it. Colts. to the Colts of all people. Anybody but the Colts. <laughs> um, Jeremy, do you want to talk about what's going on in Golden Image right now? No? Okay, well, just go listen to Golden Image. <laughs> you know, a Golden Image, a Golden Image podcast is a podcast where we go do things so that we'll make you go do things. It'll so make you'll you, want to. So you'll, you'll want, want to, to. Yeah. go so. do things. And Indiana Chiefs fans is just three buddies who love the Chiefs so much and just love a chance to talk to them or talk about them. Talk to them. I wish I could talk to them. All right, now I strangle somebody's fucking neck. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, you know, me and Chico and the Chief, we, we've had guests, and uh, it's just been a lot of fun. So we're actually in real time now. Woo-hoo. If you haven't... Uh, if you haven't noticed, uh, Indiana Chiefs fans in Golden Image Podcast have changed days. So uh, Golden Image Looking come out up. on Tuesday, Tuesdays, and Indiana Chiefs fans will come out on Thursdays. 
nice. Okay. Um. So the Call Guys is hosted by Gunner and Colton. They discuss movies, TV shows, and anything else pop culture. Um. I I really enjoy listening to that one. They talk about all kinds of stuff, but I just skip so much, like I always say, because I've got to watch everything first. You got to get caught up. Is that what you're saying? Right. Yep. Um. And if you want to stay creeped out, we've got the United States of Paranormal. Mm-hmm. Um, their October stuff is going to be pretty fun. Their spooky season episodes. Dolltober. Dolltober. hates me. It's all about the dolls. <laughs> so, yeah, dolls. I, have, I have a feeling there are going to be some hijinks going on. Some, <laughs> some hollow, Halloween jinx. There's a lot of stuff going on with, with so the United much. States of Paranormal. Um, you know, if you can find Tay them on Facebook. You can find them on Facebook. Uh, what is it? Uh, Facebook.com slash in the United States of Paranormal. <laughs> <laughs> yep. This is when you say too many different podcasts. Right, right, right. The United States of Paranormal. But now they have a website up and running. It is. Stop saying they. You're part of this. <laughs> it's true. We, we. <laughs> we have a, a, a website. Real? Professional website. You do? Oh, we need to make them do ours. Nice. I'll have to check it out. Um, Links and social media for all of these podcasts can be found within our show notes and on our social media pages. Go support our small podcast network. The more support, the more we grow, the better the content. Uh, do you have anything that you would like to tell us or a case that you would like to us to research for a future episode, which Jason yelled at me yesterday because he's like, oh, I fucking told you about a case and you never even responded to me. And I was like, I don't get on. I don't check the socials as much as you do, you know, and he's like, I sent it to your personal. <laughs> I was like, God damn it. I'm really sorry. So I went on and I'm going to have to research because he did send me a name. Um, you can contact us via email at murdnerds at gmail.com or you can search for murdnerds on all popular social media and just post some shit on our page. And tell Ashley to get her shit together so we can start getting on our TikTok more and promoting stuff on TikTok. Okay, I know. I gotta make some videos. Maybe, okay. When does this one release? Two weeks from now. Okay, I will definitely make a video for this episode. Okay. Okay. And we're going to be putting out more um, like social media content. I'm working on it right now. We're doing theme days where you can jump on in, get a little bit of the conversation going. Really like doing that. So mm-hmm. yeah, we like talking to you guys. And it's not just going to be about murder stuff. It's going to be like other fun stuff. That's yeah, not just as fun bad. community things to bring us all closer together. Exactly. Golden Jay is here to talk to you about your bra size. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ. No. Oh, if you'd rather be anonymous with your opinions, maybe about Golden Jay, located within our bios on our social media platforms is a Linktree account that you can click on and find at the top a link to our survey page. It is completely anonymous. And while you're on our social media pages, you can find photos and information on each case that we do cover. Alicia's opening a cough drop. Don't forget to just... My voice lubed up. (laughs) Sounds good. It's very luby. Sleek. It's sleek. You know that only became a thing because you dropped something underneath the desk, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe to us anywhere you enjoy. Subscribe. Li- Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> anywhere you enjoy listening to podcasts. If you are an Apple or Spotify podcast listener, please rate and review within the app. It is the best and easiest way to help support us at Murd Nerds, and it is free as fuck. Uh, this helps us move up in the charts, and it helps us get noticed by sponsors for ads. If you would like to support the podcast monetarily, you can pledge a monthly donation of 99 cents for 99 or 9.99. This helps us at Murderers with equipment, merch, licensing, and anything else we could need. Stickers. Stickers. We have stickers. Do you want a sticker? Send me an email. I'll give you a sticker. Only an email, though. Only an email. <laughs> you don't get one if you jump on Facebook. Okay, no, wait. If you post on our wall, right? They can have a sticker. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> Listeners. Let me apologize for the next three episodes. 
Because they're only going to get it's crazier get than worse. this one. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Want a sticker? Ask for a sticker. We'll give you a sticker. Um, give us money. What is it? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Fund everything. Jeremy's money. How much? Huh? So if you can, show support by pledging a donation each month. and Or you could purchase some merch, which... We're still we're still in a weird gray area with that, aren't we? I need to work on that. You yeah, Ashley's need to work on that. yeah, Ashley's supposed to work on getting the merch up and going for Printful, which we need our website to get going to be able to put the oh, merch on. I'm already I'm already stressed out about it. Okay, just send me the login information for the website and I'll work on it. Well, we can duel it. I just I don't know how to do it. If I'm being honest, okay, <laughs> we'll talk about it later. Um. Yeah, so we'll get back to you on the on the merch. We're, we'll, you know what? By the time this airs, I think we'll be pretty da- darn close to having it running. Probably not. Up and running. Mm-hmm. Two weeks? You don't think? Mm-mm. I'm gonna sweet talk listeners. Who bows into Matt. helping Matt on our website? Would you like to put double down on this bet? Will the website be ready? Will Ashley submit some ads? <laughs> 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 Will Golden Jay? Find out your brother. <laughs> Jesus. Well, we all lose our fucking minds. Yes, we will. That you can double down on. <laughs> um, okay, I think it's time to call this one. So until next time. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>